The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free alcohol or booze made from honey of the process. And Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the big announcement, we will announce the first inductees to the Process Hall of Fame. We'll talk about Joel Embiid's Players' Tribune article, the first potential interviewees for the Sixers, Sixers general manager position, which just became open uh, moments ago, just happened this week. Lethal Shooter. You might not know who Lethal Shooter is. Well, I, I, don't. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it to you. Is working with an unnamed Sixers player to make his shooting lethal. And we'll go around the league with Ish Smith, talk about Manu Ginobili. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has hoagie mouth and lives in Compton. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hoagie mouth, big hit. Huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Amos is good. Amos is good at it. I encourage yeah. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to the episode with Amos, or if you're going to skip through, just listen to Hoagie Mouth about an hour in. Yeah, <laughs> the Hoagie Mouth that segment. <laughs> well, he's always uh, he's been on a few times, but that that was only the second real real time, and uh, he's always like like he always wants it to be good. He's always very self conscious about it, but he is definitely a natural at fitting in to the pod and the, the hoagie mouth thing. I'm glad he did it. I didn't know that he was going to do it. He will do it privately on command, but I didn't know he's going to do it on the pod. So yeah, big hit. Uh, so believe it or not, now I know the uh, the Brian Colangelo burner thing just happened moments ago. Uh, he was just forced out moments ago. But the Sixers already, uh, Woj reports, have asked for permission to speak to Gerson Rosas from the Houston Rockets, Larry Harris from Golden State, and Mike Zanuck from wait, is it Mike? Zanuck? It's not Mike Justin. Zanuck, right? Justin Zanuck. I'm sorry from uh, from Utah. So already, uh, I think. Already, it's so quick. It, it's it's almost as if they knew this was coming. They're still on top of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something happens and they immediately react. Quick reactions, a Covington-esque reaction <laughs> timing. Yeah, quick twitch. They must have been working on their their quick twitch muscles. Zaire really affecting <laughs> the, the, the front, front office speed. Amazing. My my. Uh, you might be surprising to know that my biggest take from this is not about any of the candidates. It's that somebody over the last few months has decided that Woj is the guy and is just feeding Woj. That Woj has become, after years, you know, Woj didn't, wasn't a big, you know, Hinky didn't give anybody any scoops. And it didn't seem like it, he was like Colangelo's guy or anything. But whoever is 
doing the leaking from the Sixers is just writing books for Woj. So, so <laughs> Woj is now preferred source. Congratulations, Adrian Wojnarowski. I know you've been chasing it for a while. That's huge. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm any of these guys? Cool. Any? So you know, I we we had talked about Rosas before. We had mm-hmm. talked about Zanuck before. I don't think we had talked about Harris before. I just from my you know obviously we we don't know the the uh, how the interviews will go or or the inner workings of any of these places but I would rank it Rosas Zanuck Harris just from like from eyeballing it how do you feel on it Yeah I don't I mean we never know with assistant GMs yeah. there's just nothing you can do I mean all of these guys come from a decent pedigree you know uh Rosas has been notoriously very picky about where he would go uh, to get his first shot. I think I think he was going to be. I think Dallas offered him a job, and he like almost took it and turned it down a couple years ago. So he's been notoriously. No, he no no. I I think Rosas took it. He took it and then he left like almost immediately or. Or he, the thing was, I guess he, if I remember correctly, it was that Cuban wanted to be in every meeting or something, and he oh, called wow. bullshit and he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had that job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Larry Harris took over in Milwaukee and then stayed for a couple of years, had some success. I looked at his draft record, and Kyle Newbeck posted his, his draft history. Uh, had a good deal of success in the second round drafted Ursan uh, in the second drafted uh, some other guys I think Ramon Sessions maybe um, he drafted Bogut right yeah Bogut at number one which is like fine yeah um, he drafted Joe Alexander who's one of my favorite all time college players didn't his, quite his trade record out. wasn't awesome yeah but who's this I mean if you have yeah. if, if there's no there's no former GM that's not currently a GM that had like a great tenure like mm-hmm. what a what a what a fantastic candidate this person is Did, didn't <laughs> yeah. make mistakes and that's why they're they're an assistant GM now. Right. So anybody with experience is going to have, you know, holes and things to be embarrassed about. But uh, you know, for these are fine candidates would like to hear a couple more. This is the, this is what you're supposed to do when you have a GM opening. You meet with a couple folks, a couple high-level assistants here and there, maybe somebody from the past. Maybe somebody from the league office. Maybe somebody internally. You, you, you kick them around. You, you find out some information. And then uh, ultimately you make a decision in a timely manner. That's what the process is, right? I mean, uh, not the process, but this process would be that's what you're supposed to do. So Theoretically, that got, is I'm what you're supposed to do. And uh, now that we're here. Larry Harris uh, has... Is big on big collars. I don't I know saw, if you saw, saw any that. of that. I yeah. saw that. He uh, was it just a was 2005 just a just a big collar time and Colangelo <laughs> just never left. <laughs> collars been, were huge. He's been in trapped 05. in 05 since. As soon as somebody does, well, you should do a um, what's it called when a, sh- a TV show takes place at a certain time? Uh, it's called a um, flashback. Like, no, 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 no. Like when it's set in a certain time. A uh, period piece. Period piece. So you should do you should put together a period piece of the early aughts and just everyone should have big collars. That's one of the the the, the things that everybody remembers about uh, oh, 
you know, 2000 to 2007. Yeah. Everybody just, just stayed, stayed in there, big collars, <laughs> like gaudy style. Not, just everything's very shiny. He's still living there. God bless him. It's like... It's like if I kept wearing the big Jinko jeans I wore in college. Like if I was <laughs> if I was still in them. This is sort of Colangelo's thing that he can't let go. I still wear uh, just baggy and one sweaters. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, hopefully there's more news here. I guess um, you know it's a weird time to do this. I, I guess, don't know. <laughs> what time? I mean, it? saying yeah. saying I don't know. This it just like seems just a very reactionary. So yeah, it feels. Yeah. It feels fake. It feels just very reactionary. Sixers going. I mean, these are fi- the candidates are fine. I'm I'm fine with these. If they had interviewed these people in June, then I would have been like, great. So far, so good. But yep. the fact that they're doing it like a couple days after the report that said, no, we're gonna promote our guys. Collaboration. We don't need it. We're gonna be patient. Someone with experience. We're not gonna be. You know, we're not even. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want me to copy and paste the same conversation we've had? I know, but now, but now it just, it just seems, it seems as if the Sixers finally released the thing to Woj when people were like, they still don't have a GM. They're not even talking to anybody. And now they're like, okay, people reacted to that saying, well, they're apparently they're fine. Just not having a GM all season. And Brett, Brett Brown is the interim GM. That, that never works. And now they're like, well, uh, Here's a couple guys we're going to yeah. do. It just seems so reactionary <laughs> think- and, and uh, sort of uh, poorly marionetted. It, it's as if they just went to all the articles that everyone wrote as soon as Colangelo got fired that were listing the people that the Sixers would probably talk to. It's like they just Googled that list and, uh, and went for those guys. So... Uh, let's hope they actually do talk to him. That would God be awesome. God bless him. God bless him. Uh, before we go on, it's back. The Willie Green five-star Apple podcast review of the week. Um, I've had it on the rundown for three weeks now, and I haven't done it. We are at 1,792 on the way to 2,000. When we get to 2,000, another bad podcast of me reading all the reviews. This comes from Fiosadelphia. Long time, long time listener, first time reviewer. It took me a while to figure out why you, and this means me, uh, sound so slow and as if your butt is drunk on the radio and uh, he or she edited butt. My dad has been listening to your podcast at 1.5 speed. He would appreciate if you could release your podcast one time as double speed so he could listen to it at 2x speed and thus a 4x podcast listening experience. So many takes, so little time. Can't wait for the live pod. Don't forget to ask Dario when he's coming over. Um, there you go. Five stars. So so there you go. My, 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 uh, my theory that listening to podcasts too fast is going to distort reality is actually happening as this person thought I sounded way too slow on the radio because he was listening too fast. Yeah, I see no problem. So the players, a, yeah, a big, uh, big internet day for Embiid. Uh, in a lot of ways, seems like with the same stories we had heard before, but uh, th- he put out a big Players' Tribune piece t- uh, telling some stories about Cameroon, about Kansas, um, you know, about watching white people on YouTube. Uh, do you... So here's my thing on the, here's my bit on the Players' Tribune. I don't know if you have a bit. Every time I read a Players' Tribune article, it sounds like 
um, the voice in Wonder Years or Stand By Me uh, looking back on their childhood. That's how I read it. I forget. Daniel Stern, I think, is one of them. I don't know what the other voice Daniel is. Daniel Stern is Wonder Years. Okay. And I, uh, Stand, By, oh, Stand By Me, I think, is Richard Dreyfuss um, because he's the, the writer at the end. I It, it all... Uh, th- like there's some good nuggets in there sometimes, but it all comes across as um, pretty manufactured to me. So um, it's okay, you know. I like the MB. There were some good stories in there, but overall, that's my that's my thought on Players Tribune. It's okay. Yeah, I hear, I hear, I hear that Embiid specifically. I thought was was great. I thought yeah, he's so much funnier than he has any right to be. And there's one thing. This this was my first. This is the first time I think like seeing how funny he can be, not just in like referencing pop culture and refer- right. and like being self aware in like short bursts. And I don't know if he had help in this, whatever. But his, I think it's just him. I think I think people just let him go. And uh, it seems it seems like his tone. It, it yeah. like it, it doesn't seem the the to your point. The writing in this one doesn't seem overly crafted as it yeah. does in other ones. I mean, he's he's just a really talented, incredibly funny guy, and being this funny in the second or third language is uh, just wild. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. It reminds me of when they first drafted him, and he was doing all the Twitter stuff. That was when the Rihanna stuff happened, and I was sure. Like I would have bet my life that somebody was doing it, that there was no way he was that funny or yeah. aware of any of it. And here we are, years later, decade and a half later since they drafted him, and he's <laughs> he's still as funny. And it he I was completely wrong about it. You know, so. we we've talked before about how there's a when is this going to go south? When is Embiid right. going to step over the line and and fuck it up has that happened yet i don't think it has no i mean he he's participated no. in retweet armageddon and uh courting rihanna and uh dunking on plenty of other teams and then dunking on himself when he doesn't play well i mean he's he's had he's shooting a thousand percent on social media and it, in and it, when when he start, it seems like except for Whiteside, every guy that he starts shit with on Twitter, they end up being friends. Like, uh, 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 him and Drummond friends. Yeah, 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 they're fine now. Him okay. and Drummond are fine. Yeah. So my favorite story in the entire piece was because it it uh, it felt so real to me. He's talking about. If you didn't read it, you should definitely read it. I'll link it in the post. He's talking about. Um, when he's in Cameroon and how he didn't really have any time to um, any time to play soccer. So what he would do is he would get home immediately from school and set up his books on the kitchen table as if he had been studying, like pens everywhere, books everywhere, places in the book highlighted. Then he would go out and play soccer and wait to hear his mom's car coming down the street and then run as hard as he could to get back to the kitchen table to act as if he had been doing homework the whole time. And my favorite line in it is that he would be sweaty as if he was studying so hard that he would have started perspiring, which I thought was really funny. So yeah. I enjoyed that. 
Then another note in there, which uh, something I wanted to ask you, he, you know, he, he talks about sort of idolizing Kobe, that the first NBA basketball he really watched was the 09 finals. And he would, he would shoot jumpers and just scream Kobe when he would shoot them for, for, because he had nothing else to yell. He didn't even speak English at the time. Why do you think it is that it seems like so many players idolized Kobe? Yeah, it doesn't seem that way with LeBron. It it does that they respect him, but the I want to be a guy definitely seems more like it was Kobe with a lot of guys. Yeah, maybe, and I think Steph is the is the new that for kids coming up today. Yeah, maybe just LeBron has so many things he's good at that it's hard harder to just recreate. Uh, well, and Kobe Kobe's is that idea. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I'm taking mid range shots with a guy in my face, and I can get a bucket at any time. That's it, there's there's a you know there's an inefficient inefficient time in NBA history and Kobe sort of personified that uh, and just like like conscious like conscious conscienceless chucking is definitely I think uh, appeals to people when they're playing basketball by themselves. Yeah, it's the in the driveway. Uh, yeah, you know three two one. You exactly. Know, take as take as many of them as you can uh, until one goes in. Yeah, I personally yelled like Corey McGetty was like a guy. Like, <laughs> uh, well, and I of course yelled Stark, yeah, Stark who Stark, missed Stark, sure. so many of them in sure. general that yeah. that it was fine for me. I also now, loved just the line and be hello, mom. It's me, your good son. Just yeah, he's, just <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. he's a cute boy. I'm a big fan. The, I, and the fact that he's been so good at social media as like all of these like of uh, baseball players and even guys when they get drafted and Wendell Smallwood had a tweet when he, when he got before he got drafted like there's so many just like people are constantly digging up bad tweets or not even just bad but like hateful racist homophobic tweets uh, from plenty of guys and Embiid who is just always doing it has just not fucked up yet and I you I'm, I'm, I've been holding my breath waiting for holding my breath on Embiid's uh, feet holding up, and then also his social media holding up. So it's constantly holding breath, whether it's the season or the off season, just hoping that he doesn't fuck up, and he hasn't yet. It's unbelievable. No, he's he's got it so far, and he's had a very high usage rate for oh, what yeah. it's worth. I mean, he does it a lot, so yeah. there is a lot of opportunity for the only conspiracy theory I will introduce into this is he he keeps saying how it. In the whole thing, he keeps saying how it's like a movie, his life. And I just thought to myself, I started thinking about Shaq being in movies when he was uh, when he was playing. And I thought to myself, is Team Embiid angling for the process movie? And how would we feel about that if there was an Embiid movie with Embiid while he was playing? If I'm involved, I'd feel great about it. <laughs> right. Well, that's 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 fair. What if you're not involved? Mm. Then we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I th- I think I I hear I hear what you're saying about it's a little yeah. heavy on the story stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't I I don't think he would act in it while he's playing. I don't know. Maybe that'd be. I mean, that'd yeah. be an inter- interesting turn. It would give us some off-season stuff. We would really would. You know. Yeah, I'd like, have, I'd like have to show up. I'd like have to show up on set as like, am I here in my capacity as a, a journalist? 
like summer league when I when I pretend to be that, <laughs> or am I here as like a punch up writer? Am I here for jokes? What's going on? So he'd have to do the pod. Okay. He'd ha- if he oh had, yeah he, he he's he promoting the movie at that point. Yes, he has to be on the pod at that point. We're getting um, no matter what. Yeah, one day, one day. Uh, let's take a minute talk about one of our sponsors, our dog sponsor. That's right, dogs. No, uh, our our sponsor that is associated with dogs. That is Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. The only dog bed that your dog should be sleeping on because it's the only dog bed that's a real bed. So other dog beds, not real beds. They're called beds, but they're not beds. They're just, uh, they're like blankets that they lay on the floor. And imagine how your joints would feel. And I, I say this honestly, imagine how your joints would feel if you slept on the floor every night. You would feel horrible. So dogs' joints are no different. They, as they get older, they develop arthritis just like we do, especially in bigger dogs. Up to 80% of dogs, 50 pounds or more, develop arthritis. That's why you need Big Barker dog beds engineered specifically for bigger dogs and to keep dogs um, spry as they get older so they are not suffering from as much pain as they would if they slept on these beds. To get your rights to Ricky Sanchez version, Big Barker dog bed. Which your Big dog Bar- wants, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the website, if you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you can see how happy Rebel is on his Big Barker dog bed. If you go to the process pups section of rights to Ricky Sanchez.com, you can see how happy all of those dogs are. Right? Uh, bigbarker.com they, they're saying slash like, fi- Ricky. They're saying like, finally, good dog bed and good uh, Sixers content. Yes, finally, in one place. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. Comes in a few sizes, depending on the size of your dog. Also, there's the Big Barker Junior for smaller dogs. 10-year warranty on the bed. Foam will not flatten or they will replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. Try it for a free for, try it for a year. If you don't like it, your dog doesn't like it, you can you will get a full refund. They'll even pay to ship it back. It is handmade in the USA and uh, I believe in it. Uh, my dog sleeps on a big barker. Mike's dog Donovan, Mike's family dog Donovan sleeps on a big barker. Um, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Uh, big Barker dog beds. Bow wow wow yippee yo yippee a where are my dogs at bark with me now. All right, I like that one. That's a good one. So, uh, lethal shooter. Who is this? Who is lethal shooter? So I didn't know who lethal shooter was. Here's the funniest part of it. So I found this on on Reddit. Um, lethal shooter is uh, he is a NBA shooting coach. He goes by lethal shooter is he like hiding I even, his identity well i don't know so i went to his twitter page it's lethal shooter i went to his youtube videos and this is my favorite i'm watching the youtube videos and they're like instructional videos and it like when he refers to himself he'll go so one of my guys will go to me hey lethal and i, I like so he just calls himself lethal shooter so whatever is but he, the tweet is his face and body like in these videos or is he hiding in his identity no 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 you can see who it is he's a regular man regular person yes so lethal shooter tweets um i should have put the tweet in here uh something to the extent of sixers fans um oh here we go there let me read it 
Uh, Sixers fans, stay tuned. This week has been priceless. My teaching has been aggressive, but making changes that will truly help for a lifetime. More work to do, but he's a gym rat and striving and starving to perfect his shot. In three days, we've shot over 1,900 detailed shots, 600 more tonight. Now, the internet has uncovered that this is with Covington. But my question to you is, which player, not Simmons or Fultz, if you could pick any Sixers player to notably improve their jumper for this season, who would you pick? Hmm. I was hoping it was... I didn't I didn't know it was with Covington, so I was uh, hoping yeah, it was going to be like, it's a mirror. Uh, that would have been funny. Uh, lethal shooter, man. Uh, not Simmons or Fultz. Dario already yeah. made like a huge leap forward. Um, probably not JJ. I mean, like Embiid would be great. Like getting Embiid into right. the high thirties would be would be incredible. Um, and you know, TJ, I think, right? Well, well. So if I'm there's not that many other guys love- that have stuck around. Stuck around. Well, I mean, the thing is. As much as I would like TJ to make a notable improvement in the shot, I feel like I'm, I'm just trying to think about how much use, like what, what benefits the team the best way. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's, if it's not Embiid, it actually is Covington. I think if Covington went from his 37% guy to 42% guy, oh, yeah. like, that would be incredible. You know, like he would be like at that point, he starts, um, you know, he's already a, um, you know, an advanced stats darling type of guy. But at that point, he becomes like a a, just a real legit everyone understands it sort of player. And I think (laughs) and not not as polarizing as he as he is. Yeah, well, he shouldn't be that polarizing. I'd want to hear what uh, uh, Tony Tony to Tony has to say about Covington. I bet he's not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, no, you're right. Tony, Tony to Tony is definitely like definitely has Covington takes for sure has Covington takes. Uh, it's I'm sure it's a lot like his free throw takes. That was yeah. a good call by you getting Tony, Tony to Tony to talk about free throws. Come on, they're free. They're called free. <laughs> There's this, those guys. I mean, obviously you know those guys so much because that's everyone that ever calls into WIP. Uh, just like being like. Not doesn't have patience for it. Doesn't look at the. I mean, it's crazy. yeah. There's so many of those yeah. guys, and so yeah. So yeah. Covington, Covington becoming a a a more consistent shooter. I like. I think you've done a bit about consistency, where it's like yeah. you don't want people to it be consistent. You better. just want them to be better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be great. I think. I think he certainly got it. I want to see. I would love to see if his like release point changes. But that's the whole thing about Cove is that it's, it's very. It's always a high release point because he can shoot with guys over his, in his face. Um, yeah, that'd be huge. If Covington, if Covington up to three point percentage, like three or four points, that'd be that'd be ridiculous. Speaking of Covington, there was a story. Was it a TMZ story? I forget. There was some story about Covington uh, potentially. Uh, uh, what's it? Jay Crowder's wife or Jay Crowder's girlfriend cheating with Robert Covington? Which I gotta say, given our fight with. Uh, ben uh, Ben Golliver about the <laughs> top. <laughs> given our fight up with Ben Golliver about the top 100, with Jay Crowder shockingly and wrongly being 
being ranked 30 spots ahead of Robert Covington last year. This would be the ultimate revenge, and I hope uh, I hope those two things are connected. I, well, I, it feels like a direct shot at Gulliver from Covington. More, Jay Crowder sort of just got cu- caught up in it, but this is right. this is the Covington well, Gulliver beef. Well, because it's certainly more likely that it's certainly it's so unlikely that Gulliver would have any sort of human relationship with a significant other. So Covington couldn't go right after Gulliver, so he had to take this way going after his Crowder. precious Jay Crowder instead. I don't know. I never know how to feel about this. I mean, like there was the thing with Fletcher Cox last year, yeah. wasn't there? And this stuff. they were suing him. They were suing him. There was a lawsuit against Fletcher Cox. It's the craziest thing I ever saw. I guess the state that it happened in, South Carolina, I think it was, you can like actually sue somebody if they um, have an affair with your wife. I, it's the craziest thing I ever saw. It yeah. is weird. I hate to even know about any of this stuff, to be honest. But, you know. Yeah, it bums me out. But uh, I'd rather, I would rather Covington just sort of uh, have a nice, healthy relationship. Um, this could this could veer into relationship <laughs> advice territory, but like, yeah. don't cheat on each other, you know. Have an honest conversation, break up, and then feel free to pursue whatever you want. Cheating is bad. Well, in fairness, in fairness, in this situation, Covington wouldn't have been cheating. It was true, been, sure, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, maybe uh, he didn't know. People say he doesn't have enough enough of a killer instinct. This is maybe a step in that direction. <laughs> Uh, can we do a quick before? Uh, so coming up very soon, we're going to announce the Process Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, I wanted to do a quick. Uh, I had a take I wanted to come up I, that I came up with this week that I'm uh, I'm really into. I wanted to do a quick around the league with Ish Smith. If you're if you're up for it, sure. So uh, Manu Ginobili uh, retired this week, um, and as I'm sure you would have guessed. Uh, I was really enamored with the uh, NBA Twitter celebration of everyone trying to prove that they liked and appreciated Manu Ginobili the most um, and that they thought he was the most fun because it lasted, you know, four days. Uh, it was wonderful for a, a six man. Uh, but Jesus I started Christ. thinking, I started thinking. These are about, my least favorite takes of yours. Well, but I'm, I'm getting to an, a more important one. Uh, I started thinking about Andrea Godala because everyone was talking about Manu Ginobili's Hall of Fame case. And uh, they talk about Manu Ginobili in a certain way that they do not talk about Andrea Godala in. And Andrea Godala, when you look at it, um, I believe has at least as accomplished a career as Manu Ginobili, if not a more accomplished career. And you'd be surprised how similar their stats are. Um, I, as well, if I'm comparing them, um, you know, uh, Iguodala does have a finals MVP on his resume and at one point was probably, if not the best wing defender in the NBA, one of the, the two or three best wing defenders in the NBA. For sure. And Manu, Manu Ginobili, though, was a good player, was never one of the three best at anything uh, in the NBA. And they have similar careers in that, you know, uh, Iguodala had to take a step back and uh, be a guy that comes off the bench, but still very important, so on and so forth. And I wonder why we talk about Manu Ginobili one way and Andre Iguodala the other way. And I can only settle upon is this is like woke NBA Twitter's uh, racism. 
and uh, that they sort of uh, like think of Manu as this like fun like like Manu like was not good at defense like made stupid plays all the time and if he were not like a white euro i think would not be thought of in the same way that he is and i I, like i i'm 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 shocked that when you when you look at their resumes how close they are why ginobili is celebrated as this super fun like like a definite Hall of Famer and Andre Iguodala, every time you bring up his Hall of Fame case, you sort of like people scoff at you. So that's my take, that it's racist. It's a lot. It's a lot there. Uh, I would also say that, you know, I think there's other reasons. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily... I think Andre Iguodala is very, very beloved on basketball Twitter. I think uh, Mm -hmm. people have been... uh, a fan of his for a while more so than in the in the regular mainstream NBA uh I I never I never like your I think I think the beginning of this is why are they similar players why does Andre not get as much credit as as Manu does I would say that Manu was on the same team for 16 years and they had uh unprecedented success at the NBA level so I think that um gives him a some boost in that sense. Also, he played the game offensively in a very specific, unique way. Um, and uh, as you know, offense is always more celebrated than defense. Uh, but, not the, on, but not on NBA Twitter, who claims to appreciate um, role NBA players. Twitter is not one like mm. unit of thing. It's, they're not like mm. we all deci- everyone decides together. Hmm. I don't know. Oh man, I hate, I hate, I hate this part so much. Just you, just, just you being just so like, get off my lawn, guy. It's not just get like, off my lawn. Why? Why is it's, everyone calling him Russ? Call him by his, call him Mister Westbrook. The, uh, this is like uh, these. This you is can like say I'm just that. not here for it. I'm just never when, here. It's, when when I when I just find out when I'm able to show that uh, woke NBA Twitter is not quite as woke as they thought they were. Um, I think it just hits home. I think that's why it's making you so mad. No, I think you're just like patting yourself on the back for being contrarian. No, I'm not being contrarian. I'm I'm not like, like there's, do you think, so just saying I'm being contrarian would be me sitting back and agreeing about Manu Ginobili and instead trying to have a different opinion. I actually have this opinion. There's nothing like fake about this opinion. And I actually appreciate Iguodala, and I actually think he had a better NBA career, at least comparable. Like I have an Andre Iguodala jersey hanging up in my my office. Like nothing about this is not true. It isn't just like contrarian take for the sake of being contrarian. No, I think, I just I I think that the that the beginning the the kernel of this take is that Andre Iguodala is good and and had uh, almost as impactful of a career as Manu. I would say there's some More validity impactful. to that. I I yeah. I wouldn't say that far. I think. Uh, doing it at the uh, obviously Andre had a couple great years with the Warriors and now his body's starting to break down and stuff. I love Andre. I think he's great, and I think that there's there's a case to be made about him at some point looking at his career and saying, look at how many roles he's filled and uh, obviously miscast in Philly for a bunch of years as like a number one option, um, and sort of then changing himself in Denver and then in Golden State also like. Finals MVP. I love Andre. This is not an Anthony Andre. It's just the yeah, hey, yeah, everybody yeah. says I, they yeah. like Manu. Is this guy who played 16 years in the NBA, 
won a bunch for his country and played for the same team and and won a bunch of titles. Uh, fuck him. Like you no, guys like I, him, I don't like him. Uh, no, you guys are all pretending to like him. What? No, what I'm saying is the celebration is is not in line with the career that he had. It is the celebration is groupthink. That's what it is. Like that, that. My only point is that the celebration for Ginobili is not in line with other players who have had similar careers. It seems That's to me all. like the fix is you just not being on basketball Twitter because it makes you mad and you don't like anybody on there. I'm not mad. It's a good take. It's right. But Andre Iguodala is underappreciated and Manu Ginobili is overappreciated. I think we need to find a line where they are appreciated the same. I think like I just think I think. Um, I, th- I think his Hall of Fame career or his NBA career, Ginobili's o- NBA career is overstated. And if it isn't overstated, then Andre Iguodala is definitely a Hall of Famer. That's all I would say. I don't know. I, mean, it- I, I think also San Antonio was such a just a good team defensive team. I don't know that G- Ginobili definitely was not the individual one-on-one defender that Iguodala was. But Ginobili was definitely a contributor on some of the best defensive teams of all time and not a weak spot. Obviously, when he got older, it that sort of went away. But for a decade or two, he was on a ton of great defensive teams. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm saying that the that my my point is that the 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 like you could you could certainly go through points on both of them and say, well, this guy was better at this and this guy was better at that. I think my ultimate point is that I think their careers are are incredibly comparable and the praise is not comparable and that's I, all i would go not quite as far i would say more comparable than maybe they get than andre gets credit for um and i think managers manu is just an incredibly specific player that you know came off the bench was on the same team for so long uh did a bunch could could just be a spot shooter could take over the offense all that stuff and just was a sort of a had an awkward herky-jerky specific way of playing that uh, on the same team you don't see very often and that's why he's sort of celebrated. But there's, all, there's also like the school of thought that like the Spurs don't get enough credit. Like they, people, There's plenty of people like you who thought they were boring, who don't want to see them, who the NBA didn't want to see them get far in the playoffs because they didn't have a big market and they were boring to watch and blah, blah, blah. So... I mean, there's, there's, I think when you, when you talk about like basketball Twitter as if it's like everyone is agreeing on this thing and there's this one line of thinking. But they were, but they were, they were on this. Like, I'm just glad that we had, uh, Spurs Lou Williams week is what I'm, I'm very glad that we had. I can't wait till we induct him into the hall of fame. Spurs Lou Williams. You don't, you don't agree that all of basketball Twitter celebrated Manu Ginobili this week in a way that is not. Uh, that is not commensurate with his his actual accomplishments. I think it's the off season. I think there's not much to talk about. I think he is fine. Why, why not celebrate a guy that played on the same team 16 years, won a bunch of titles, uh, the end of an era in in the Spurs? Because now there's nobody from the big from that that threesome there. Sure. Uh, okay. He's a charming, nice guy. Uh, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I'll uh, I'll be watching everyone's reactions when Iguodala retires. That's all I'll say. We'll skip the Daryl Morey stuff. Before we get to um, uh, the Process Hall of Fame induction announcement with uh, Andrew Underberger, let's talk about our other sponsor for the podcast. That is Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the Process, also the official sponsor 
of the uh, VIP section at Live Ricky 3, September 22nd at the Electric Factory. I've been working with Cornblau this week on a surprise for the VIP ticket holders. So Corn, just know that Cornblau is working diligently on that. Um, but he doesn't work as diligently on that as he will your case. Because um, Cornblau, Adam Cornblau and Cornblau and Cornblau, who, which has been around since the 80s, has one specific uh, passion, one specific goal, one specific purpose, and that is to get you what you deserve in a personal injury lawsuit and um, fill you in and keep you feeling good about it every step of the way. They are the premier personal injury boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. They will handle any sort of personal injury case for you. That is uh, medical malpractice is their specialty, slip and fall, injured at work, car accidents, any of that. And here's the best part is that like when you go to Cornblow, first of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, second thing, it, it doesn't cost you anything until it gets results. Second nope, thing, you always charge. get <laughs> no charge whatsoever. This is all pro bono. It's not. He, but he does, it doesn't cost you anything until he gets results for you. And, uh, and you get a cornblow. You're going to get him. He's going to him or his mom, also a cornblow. You know, you're not going to get referred to somebody else. He's going to take care of you. He really, really cares. He really, really does a good job. We've gotten great emails from people who needed legal help who didn't even, uh, who had a different lawyer, weren't happy with their lawyer, ended up calling Cornblow and were just amazed at the customer service he gave. He is a, uh, a great guy. If you think you have a case, even if you, you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com and is spelled out in the email, A-N-D. Cornblow is spelled with a K and the rest is up to you. All right. It is time to bring along Andrew Onnerberger, who writes for RightsToRickySanchez.com. Uh, the name of the section is, If Not, Pick Will Convey as Two Second Rounders. AU is brought to you by Kinetic Skateboard Shop, locally owned in Wilmington, Delaware. Not just skateboard stuff, though they do have, they are your source for that. Tons of t-shirts, shorts, pants, sneakers, limited edition Nikes, Vans, Converse you can't find anywhere else. 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver at KineticSkateboarding.com. It's the big moment, AU. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to pretend that I'm not still reeling from a Spurs Lou Williams uh, while we do this. I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to acknowledge that I was listening on the last part, but uh, oh, no, no, that's okay, that's okay. Well, I mean, no, I mean, everyone listening to it heard it, so you might as well uh, notice. <laughs> so, uh, so this is big. We we uh, first we had the nomination process with the Process Hall of Fame, and I'll note that. We will have the inductions, the induction ceremony, the induction speeches at the Live Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast September 22nd at the Electric Factory. Uh, tickets, VIP is sold out, but general admission is available now. You'll get a seat. You'll get to sit down. You'll get to watch Dario up on stage. Um, you'll get to see um, uh, Felicia Ricci perform the process version of Imagine. Get all that at the Live Ricky. But we'll also do the Process Hall of Fame induction. So it started with and a few more AU's surprises as well. And a few more surprises as well. Yes, uh, it's going to be a really, really, really good time. It's going to. I'm sure it'll be our best show ever. So and there's a there's that like a happy hour beforehand. So doors are at six thirty. Show isn't until eight. So make sure you get there early. Um, 
so AU, I, I'm trying to. So this, the Process Hall of Fame, was your idea. I was this the first thing you wrote for the site? I can't remember. The first thing that I ever wrote for the site. No, for for our site. Like I'm trying to remember what the impetus was with you coming up with it. I'm trying to remember uh, it was like the, uh, what the, assignment the, the, the fifth anniversary of uh, of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. That's what it was. Okay, you know, so five for years fifth, for Hall of Fame induction an- period, and yeah, right. So five years. So the the first part was the nomination process. We open that up to everyone. We we call the nominations, and then we come up with ten. Uh, 10 uh, nominees in each category, the three categories being person, Sixers moment, and uh, the, the more amazing, every time I say it, uh, rights to Ricky Sanchez moment, which includes such things as retweet Armageddon and the time Mike got an actual microphone to do the podcast and stop doing it on the phone. Uh, Iconic. So then we open up the voting two ways. So there is a Process Hall of Fame committee, and that is 50% of the vote. And the other 50% was listener vote. Uh, The one thing that I thought was most amazing is how similar um, the voting was between the committee and the the fans. Everybody voted pretty much the same way. There were a couple of little pops um, with both uh, like the... um, I guess after we announce the winners, we can say what, what the small differences in voting was. But um, I'm excited to announce the winners. How do we announce well, them? Well, we, like, we uh, should say that the that there's already one person in the Process right. Hall of Fame, and that is Sam Hinkie, whose banner we raised at the lottery party 2017? Yes, I was, not, I was not there, so it was uh, yes. 2017. Yeah, 2017, yep. Yeah, he it is it is basically the the, the Sam Hinkie Memorial uh, rights to Ricky Sanchez Hall of Fame, uh, as, even as though he he's is not sadly dead. dead. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Hate, hate to be the so, one to break this to you. He's been dead since he, <laughs> since he uh, was forced out. He died that day. Yeah, uh, it's a very sad, very sad. The yeah. So anyone who asks why Hinky isn't the first one, obviously Hinky Hinky was the first one. It is it is big. None of this exists if it wasn't for him. So. Uh, so should we just announce which one do you want to do first? Person, Sixers moment, or Wright's Ricky Sanchez moment? Let's go right in order. Okay. So the first person inducted to the Process Hall of Fame will be inducted on September 22nd. Is no surprise to anyone, but I think it is the right choice, and that is Joel Embiid. Um, as yeah. AU, as AU wrote in his eloquently, I thought it was like my, I, I mentioned, it was, I think, my favorite line in anything he, he wrote. He said his nickname, I forget what the exact line was, but like his nickname is the process. If there was a baseball player's name whose nickname was baseball, he would probably be in the Hall of Fame. Like, um, it was something like that, right? Well, Johnny, yeah, Foot- Johnny Football's not in the Hall of Fame. That's a good point. But yeah. he hasn't been retired. Yes. <laughs> okay, so once he retired. Okay, I get that. That's good. So Embiid's, uh, you know, I, he'll, he has not acknowledged it, but he did change his nickname to The Process after we asked it on the Right Storiki Sanchez Twitter. Um, his nickname is The Process. He, he, he definitely um, exhibits and in, uh, encapsulates the the process itself i guess from from pain in the beginning mm-hmm. to ultimate fruition he has the um the connection to hinky you know still yep. he he still he still um 
you know, he, he will still talk about Hinky in a positive way, um, un, unasked for the same way we will. I just think, you know, it's an obvious one, but it's also a perfect one. Yeah, I hear that. I, I, my votes were for uh, Cov and Dario, but I, uh, I, I get why people voted for Embiid. It doesn't upset me. Obviously, he's the most important person from the process. Um, but I, I, I think I, I guess my, I looked at it a different level of like, uh, there's so many ways to go about it. You know, I'm like, I can't be upset about it. There's MB, there's Coving, MB being like, he's going to be injured for two years. And then he's the, one of the best players in the league. There's Covington undrafted, uh, give him a ton of chances to shoot. All of a sudden he becomes this incredible wing defender. First team all defense. There's TJ, similar, sort of similar thing. There's Dario, not never going to come over, uh, yeah. ag- negotiates a buyout during a coup in Turkey, uh, at the <laughs> uh, much to the chagrin of your father. Uh, there's ton of, there's ton of those guys. Brett, obviously Brett could have been the nominee as well. So I can't be mad about it. Embiid is the process. Uh, congratulations to him. What an honor. And I would say now is the point where everyone. Uh, once this announcement happens, once this gets posted, now's where everyone needs to start tweeting at Joel Embiid to tell him to come make his own fucking uh, acceptance speech. I think, you know, we can certainly, whether it is one of us, whether it's somebody we anoint, somebody can obviously make a speech to induct Joel Embiid into the Hall of Fame. But um, I think, uh, I think, you know, I think asking him if he wants to do it is probably... You know, we once got Nick Stauskas on the podcast by everybody tweeting at him. So, you know, it's been done before. So, What, what if uh, Joel couldn't make it himself but decided to send a proxy in his place? Would that be, would that be acceptable? <sighs> what, a, uh, what a dick-swinging move that would be. Um, <laughs> well, he could, send, what, he could like send, uh, you know, Luke Richard and Bob Mute or something to... Yes, to, uh, I would... I would path. If Justin would, Anderson would, was still on the team, I think Justin Anderson would yes, absolutely come. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I would accept a proxy. Uh, uh, well, depending on who the proxy is. But uh, if we're going with Justin Anderson and, and Mbam Mute as our sort of like base level, I would be okay with Or a recorded video. Couldn't be here yes. for mm-hmm. the nomination, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yep. But a good recorded video, not a bad recorded video. That's all I'll say. Sometimes there are good ones and sometimes there aren't good ones. That's all I'm saying. The one that the one um, that Utley did during the when they were honoring the 08 Phillies and Utley was still obviously still playing. Uh, yeah, his was really really bad. <laughs> it was so stoic yep. and like he doesn't yep. say anything. Like say an inside joke or something. These guys, come on. He's just like good to see you guys. Hope everyone's well. Or like some shit. I love him. Though. The the runners up, the closest to Embiid were TJ and Covington. It was pretty close uh, amongst both of them. The, I would say this one for person was the the fan voting and the uh, committee voting were the closest, were, were the most similar on this one. So the next one is Sixers moment. Um, they got this one. Uh, they got this one right. We got this one right. It has to be the pick swap. It's I, I believe it is the greatest single moment for like since we've been doing this of of anything to happen yeah the pick swap i think it's almost a uh lost level twist and cliffhanger for me because it was a perfect season ender the pick swap everyone's happy and then like looming concern that if we that we didn't know at the time dramatic irony 
that Mark Markel's shoulder would have fallen off mere months later. Uh, yeah. The pick swap is the best moment of my life. The 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 picks did in fact swap. I plan on uh, obviously giving this giving this nomination giving this uh, speech, this speech. speech at, the, at the party. Unless uh, Nick Stauskas were to come and yeah. wants to give this speech. If Stauskas right? or Gudaitis or Mitrovic comes, I would. If Jason Thompson or Carl Andrew comes, I'd give them like half the time, like split it with them. <laughs> or Vladi. Oh, what about? Uh, yeah. What about? Or is Vladi holding out for his own acceptance speech? Yeah. Well, sa- for, uh, I, it's it's sad that I think Vla- Vladi should have gotten closer in the uh, cheering Vladi in the next in the next one. Oh, but, we haven't uh, gotten to that part yet. Maybe maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe you never know. You never know. That was such a nice uh, moment. But yeah, he's an honored guest. If Vladi wants to come, we're happy to give Vladi his due. The uh, it wasn't really close. The second one, but the second one would have been uh, the TJ game winner over TJ. A lot of love in second place is is what I'll say. Uh, in his second place finishes, the TJ game winner against the Knicks. I will say, if he'd slapped the hardwood during a game, yep. that would have that might have done it. Well, the, the as a Sixers moment, him or you know TJ slapping the hardwood, I think would also qualify. A you you could be the judge of this. If TJ slaps the hardwood, is that a right Ricky Sanchez moment or is it a Sixers moment? I think that's a right Ricky Sanchez moment. If you can if you can prove that it's traced back like directly back to the live podcast, which I'm not <laughs> sure you can fairly easily. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a that's an RTRS moment. Yeah, because I think at the live podcast he even said he didn't like hardwood slapping or something. He he. You know that that wasn't his thing, and I don't, yeah, we I don't have think that. I've ever once actually seen a basketball player slap the hardwood. I'm not sure that it actually exists <laughs> as a thing. <laughs> Duke, Duke it did up. it in unison last year. Oh, did they? Like all yeah. five guys. All five guys at the same time. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah, it's, but it's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to be like at half court while mm, while yep. after a bucket while he's waiting for you know the opposing point guard to bring the ball up and like pressure him at half court. That's when it's got to be. It can't be like just randomly as he's like getting back on defense and he's like guarding a guy in the corner. It's got to be like he's got to be isolated in the middle of the court, sort of just like ready for the guy to come. Uh, Not only do we have the live podcast as proof, we have like I personally requested it to him during the playoffs. So if he ever (laughs) does uh, slap the hardwood, there is plenty of proof that it is a Ricky moment. So uh, that is a good transition to the rights to Ricky Sanchez moment for the Process Hall of Fame. This was very close, uh, and there was some differing in second place, not in first place, but in uh, for second place between the crowd vote and the uh, committee vote. The Ricky moment, is the Sam Hinky billboard that was put up right outside of the Wells Fargo Center um, about two weeks before the lottery party, about a month after Sam had been forced out. It said um, Hinky forever, and I think we had the hashtag We Stand With Sam up there. And then we had a Hinky forever one, and then we had a rotating message. I forget what the other message was. But um, uh, just the the biggest middle finger I think we could have ever given. Has, like it was a a pretty huge sports team middle finger. It was a good process moment. Um, I like thinking about Derek Bodner pulled over on the side of ninety five, mm-hmm. waiting for it to pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, knowing that I did the same thing. I like I was listening to WIP at the time, 
and someone told Angelo on the air as it happened. Um, so listening to him be furious about it immediately was a good moment for me. Uh, you know, and that promo- uh, that promoted the lottery one. party that did. we would yep. eventually get the number one pick at. Correct. Correct. Yeah, quite a moment. Um, I think I voted for we- retweet Armageddon first, and I think I might have voted for TJ double fisting beers second. Um, but uh, AU, your thoughts on the billboard? Yeah, uh, I voted for uh, for Vladi at the at the lottery party, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that the the billboard is is definitely like the it, it, that's like the Joel Embiid of this category. I feel like I feel like that has to kind of get in first, and then we can kind of be cute with the with the winners uh, in, in subsequent votes. I agree but, with that. Like, yeah, you can't really have the Hall of Fame without the hinky billboard. And I, I also want to say that I hope. Uh, Given the acceptance speech for this is one of the uh, previously unknown angel investors. Oh wow! In the billboard oh. and they kind of have a big reveal at the at the at the live event. So, I think so one mean, of those angel, one of those angel investors reached out to me this week and uh, noted that this angel investor can never be known as a real investor. So um, mm. that's the one that I think would. It's not Hanky. Anytime we make a mystery anything, everyone's like, it's Hanky. It's not Hanky. Hanky didn't pay for his own billboard. Um, he reimbursed yeah, that me for be, it, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be cool, too. I, so there I you would go. say for the yeah. billboard, like, the reason why I put the, put the billboard for first is I think at our core, at this podcast core, before we, before, I think we started, like, right before Hanky got hired. And so there was at least i think we can both agree that there liberty ballers was some some part of a genesis of this podcast and the, and yeah, the spirit yeah, yeah, of yeah. like within sixers twitter well, and that kind of thing and and at our core we were an anti sixer a sixers hating uh sixers fan group and the the hinky years obviously were good in the sense of and but and unique in the sense that we weren't we were supportive of the team and like agreed with a lot of their decision making because we had been asking for them to tear it down, and so once Hinky got forced out, it we sort of reverted back to our natural state of you fucking assholes, like antagonistic towards towards the front office and ownership, and uh, putting a billboard right across the street um, for uh, for the guy that they just ran out of town uh, is to me the most true to ourselves that we could be and like obviously the Vlade moment was incredible I love it it has a special place in my heart it should get in one day and TJ Dolefizzing beers was great and some of those other moments were also great but to me it's the billboard and that that is the when you think when you think about this podcast I think that is the the billboard and the and the raising the banner I think are the and and, and reach around again I, w- I would say is there but the the most antagonistic yeah. we could be towards ownership Retweet Armageddon is the most antagonist we could be towards people that didn't agree with us. So yeah, yes, uh, yep, some yep. combination of those, I think, are, are, are the way to go. That's well said. I think, you know, the, the Liberty Ballers thing, I think of that era of Liberty Ballers like the hinky era with the Sixers and how I can have different feelings about the same thing based on who is there. You know, that is, for me, that era of Liberty Ballers with... Um, you and uh, Bauman and Derek and Tanner and um, uh, who else? Roy Burton and um, uh, Rich Hoffman was there and the Jakes. And it was just a. Kyle it Shamus, was sort of like. A, 
Yes, um, it was a uh, it was sort of like a golden age of Liberty Ballers, and nothing against anybody there, but I obviously we don't have the same connection to those people. And Sean Sean O'Connor, did I mention Sean? Sean, who's by the way, I went through old emails the other day. The lottery party, the origin, the genesis of the lottery party was you sending me an email saying Sean wants to do a lottery party. Can you f- help figure out logistics? Wow! And at that at that point, I pushed Sean to the side, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> my lottery party!" And, and, and uh, like I'll, I'll never forget. I still have it. Sean showing up at the first lottery party with like we got. Uh, there's like a Liberty Ballers rights to Ricky Sanchez like banner that we had, but we had no way of hanging it up anywhere. So it just sort of sat there. Um, but it was a, uh, a good era. So um, thank you, Sean, for allowing me to push you right out of the way uh, and take all of the credit for the lottery. But good idea, Sean. 100% a good idea. Uh, so that's it. So congratulations, Joel Embiid. Congra- congratulations, Pick Swap. Congratulations, Hinky Billboard. The induction ceremony uh, will be at the um, lottery party. There will be a uh, a Process Hall of Fame T-shirt that Tanner had been working on that we will release the night of the lottery party. Um, and oh, should we make the well, before we let uh, AU go? Should we make the announcement about the other thing that what the 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 the, the, uh, the the merch that we'll have there or should we make it when i'm actually going to put the image out make it uh so we have a we had this idea that we should do like a commemorative 11 by 17 like concert type poster that they have at shows like where they only have a few hundred of them so there will be a dario writes to ricky sanchez live ricky three um poster uh there will be only 200 of them and all of them will be signed by Dario, and then we will sully it by having me, Mike, and Tanner, who designed the art, all sign the posters. So there will be uh, only 200 posters. They will all be numbered, signed by Dario at the Live Ricky. They will. Um, we're gonna figure out how to do merch because I don't even know how to do that. It's the Electric um, Factory. Of course, we got to put out a thing. It's a real yeah. concert venue. Crazy. Yeah, maybe we should have. They have all of their posters like up. Uh, backstage, we should <laughs> force ours force on there to hang the- <laughs> Yeah, yeah force them. All right, uh, all right. Au, thank you. Appreciate you uh, you coming on. Good idea. Process Hall of Fame. And thank you thank really you. for not uh, for not rehashing the the longest argument that I haven't been a part of on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I was still going to do that before I signed off. No, uh, yeah. no. I think you did a great job of holding back. <laughs> I want here's here's well, all I'll say. Hey, wait, I just let me make one statement okay. and then you can say whatever you want, Ayo. Is I do not want to I think we all have agreed while we're talking about this that these uh, that the ones that we're inducting are deserving of being inducting and I do not want to take away um, the glory that they should receive by sullying it mm. by um, by saying that someone else should have gotten in. That's all I'm saying. Well, the, the good news is that we'll do another induction in two weeks, and so uh, <laughs> if you didn't get in this time, you get in then, so that's fine. <laughs> what an asshole. Okay. All right. Uh, we will talk to you again this week. Uh, get your live Ricky tickets, um, and uh, word has it, Mike's show Alive in Denver will be, uh, will be playing in Long Island on September 8th. I'll see all of you there. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be me and Ricky listener Ron. It's going to be great. (laughs) Well, what we should do is everyone should go to that on the 8th and then go to see Amos at the – oh, wait. Where is he playing in New York? He mentioned it. Um, And buy buy Amos' album. 
or his vinyl. Yeah, buy Amos Lee. Uh, yeah, buy the. You can buy the album at AmosLee.com, and the album is streaming. Um, My New Moon at Spotify and Apple Music. And, al- and also, right. we had uh, Ben Dietrich on a couple, like a month ago, to do the Brian Colangelo Redux, and I thought that was a very good podcast with interesting nuggets that you should listen to to talk about Burner Gate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, and then while we're at it, uh, oh, he's playing a Beacon Theater, and he's playing with like an orchestra. He showed me like a clip of it. It's awesome. He's got to do a so song in Hoagie Mouth. Mouth. He's got to do a song in Hoagie Mouth. He's <laughs> or the Sam song. He should play the Hinky song there. I'm saying, I'm, uh, no, uh, I'm saying I need to hear what Amos' singing, singing voice is as Tony Tony. In Hoagie Mouth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Tony Tony to Tony covering Amos. Yeah, Lee. yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Would be great. And uh, and finally, the podcast uh, will be, uh, I, I put the Amos one up there and the Dietrich one up there. The podcast will be, all, you can subscribe on YouTube and get them on YouTube now too. You can subscribe so, to our podcast on YouTube? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you know YouTube is the uh, the most is where more more music is listened to on YouTube than Spotify or Apple Music, believe it or not. Hmm. And that's just music. And if yeah. we want to have like a yeah. hate-filled podcast or something, we could put it up there too. Yes, yes. Or if we want to get we want to uh, get famous or something, we become YouTube stars. That that's the goal. Like that the guy with the blonde hair. I forget who the fuck his name is. You must know. Underberger. Who's the guy with the blonde hair that's famous on YouTube? Uh, is that one of the Pauls, Jake or Logan Paul? Yes. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. All right. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later this week. Are you I'm down with hang TTP? For that one. Yeah. <laughs> are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face. We are the murderers there. Dead with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this. Step into the spotlight Copying of uppers and downers get done I'm in a rush to be numb Dropping a thousand ain't much Come from the clouds on a missile to turn